outrageous. Hello, lovely listeners. Welcome to another episode of Not Just Tentacles, where I, Rachel, attempt to demystify anime. Today, I'm going to be talking about a show that's very close to my heart. It stars a cast that's practically all female. It has musical interludes. It has some fantastic hairography and all kinds of drama and batshittery. And you're probably thinking, oh, is this the brand new anime on Crunchyroll? No, no, it is not. It is GM. GM, the 1980s cartoon that probably got me onto the whole concept of cartoons, even before Disney did. And you're probably thinking, well, hang on. If it was all that good, then why don't we have an ongoing gen franchise now, um, comparable with the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles or um, Transformers? And the answer to that being sexism. I'm sorry, I'm absolutely convinced of this. Because face it, when you look at pop culture in general, can you think of anything else that has so many female characters? And the thing that I love about this show as well is they're not teenage girls because there does seem to be this idea that the instant that women are over, say, about 25, they stop being interesting. So everything seems to be set in high school or at a pinch in college. And I'm not interested in that. I want to see adult women out in the world achieving things. And the problem is, with the culture that we've got now, anything that is female-oriented always gets hit with, oh, woke, oh, this, oh, that. Who would want to watch that? And the thing is, Jem was woke before the concept of woke was even a glimmer in a right-winger's eye. So not only did it have a female lead with two identities, but it also had her little sister. It had her foster sisters. So her her foster sisters are black and Asian, respectively. Later on, you've got another main character, Rhea, who is Latina. So you've already got that. And this was in a show in the 80s. So I don't know about you, but that's pretty impressive for the time, which makes it doubly infuriating that they whitewashed Shayna in the movie but we'll come on to that much later because that was an abomination I don't know what they were thinking she also Jem stroke Jerrica and no this is another thing we'll be discussing later they also have an interracial romance with Rio yep you heard that correctly She was having an affair with her own boyfriend in her secret identity, which was one of the main conflicts of the show and what makes it so fascinating to go back to as an adult. But again, we'll be touching on that later because that is one of the biggest what the actual hell's about the show nowadays. So yeah, you had her and Rio. And the best thing at all of all, you had the rival band, the Misfits, and they were all female too. They were basically... If you can imagine the Sex Pistols only as Riot Girls, then, yeah, they, they, they were amazing. They, they, they got up to all sorts of exploits, like throwing TVs out of the windows, starting fist fights, just running rampant everywhere. I think on one occasion, um, they hijacked a boat. And 
they weren't just your bog standard cartoon villains because okay they seemed mean girls on the surface particularly pizzazz the leader who i will love until the day i die but we'll go into that further and Stormer, the youngest misfit, who was the conflicted one and sweet and sensitive, but alas, had fallen in with a bunch of punk rockers. And uh, it just. And then later there was a rival band called the Stingers, who just looked like Eurovision rejects, to be honest. I mean, their songs were good, don't get me wrong, but they, they, they were apparently um, a replacement for the misfits because. They, they, because the whole thing started as a toy line and this is how most cartoons started in those days and before anybody turns their nose up at that cowboy bebop of all things started as a toy line because they were like we don't care what cartoon you make as long as it has a spaceship in it so you can sell spaceships but then it completely spun off and went into its own thing and they didn't want it anymore well gem it was a reasonably successful line of dolls. I used to own a Kimber doll myself and they were very strange. They had these enormous heads and obviously the kind of power ballad makeup cross with a clown from the show. But the thing that I remember most about the gem dolls was the wrists, which I know sounds bizarre, but you used to be able to twist them all the way around and they make this weird kind of clacking noise. So they presumably thought they could take on the might of Barbie, but failed dismally. And the toy line got cancelled long before the show did because the show actually went on for 65 episodes, which... I think you'll agree, is an achievement for a TV show. Any TV show, but for a cartoon, is particularly impressive. But anyway, back to the blooming stingers. So apparently parents were like, oh, the misfits are too scary, both as characters and as dolls, which they can sod off. I would have loved to have had a pizzazz or a stormer doll. But they decided, all right, we're going to bring in some new characters. So instead of the misfits, they decided that they were going to have a bunch of Euro trash sexual deviants who all seemed to be sleeping with each other. Yeah, that worked out well. And um, they get their name because they're all in black and yellow, like they're wasps or bees or something, which as a concept for a band, I think is pretty shit. But the last laugh was on them because they never actually made the stingers dolls those never transpired okay i've spent the last six minutes babbling on about random bits and bobs but not gone into the premise so okay here we go so this isn't a sign of how much i love this show that i can happily talk about stuff like that without getting to the meat of it so essentially what happens is um jerica which is a name i was astonished to find out nobody went on a keyboard and made something up. So Jerrica is the daughter of Emmett Benton, who is the owner of a record label and an inventor. Don't ask. This is apparently a combination that's normal. So Emmett dies and she inherits his business. But unfortunately, the business has been taken over by his business partner, Eric Raymond, who is, well, let's just say... He is Simon Cowell. There, there's no two bones about it. All he is is Simon Cowell with an American accent. He has the same look, same personality, same clothes, everything. 
Angelica is incensed because one of the first bands he signs on is the Misfits. And I'm sorry, I'm going to say this forever. I mean, I admit I'm possibly biased being as I love the Misfits, but Jerrica's all, oh, get this trash out of my father's office. So she starts the feud. It is all entirely her own fault. And Pizzazz, quite naturally, she takes offence and then just kicks it off and holds it against her forever after. And I personally would too. I mean, they look awesome. They come in on their motorbikes are shaped like guitars and they're just fabulous and start rocking out into the, in the middle of the office saying how they want Jerrica to get out of her way, which is perfectly justified after that little outburst. So Jerrica decides that she doesn't want to take this lying down. So she finds out that her dad invented Synergy, who is AI that looks like um an 80s yoga instructor with purple hair. And we later find out that she is modelled on Jerrica and Kimber's late mother, Jackie, who was a pop star who died in a plane crash. See, this show is so complicated. You can't discuss one element without having to go off into all these tangents. And this is why it frustrates me when people say, oh, it's just an advert for toys because somebody, well, I know who that somebody was. It was Christy Marks, the creator. She sat down and wrote a whole gem Bible. I'm not making this up. It exists where she described everybody's relationships, everybody's backstories, their careers, everything. So this is a whole completely realized fictional universe. So they use Synergy to become Gem and the Holograms, the band, with the irony being that Gem is the only actual hologram. And this is how we get round the whole secret identity thing, which the film chose to just completely ignore in exchange for a Hannah Montana ripoff. She can actually appear in two places at once. And this is why, unlike most other concepts like this, nobody ever suspects even though of course they look pretty similar have this their voice sounds the same etc nobody ever goes oh are they the same person because they can be seen in two different places at once and this is when you have to think what is the lesson i'm supposed to take away from this because i'm sorry to be a party pooper but the holograms are the worst band in the show I'm not just saying this because I'm a misfit girl through and through, but they really are. All their songs are just like sappy, insipid little ballads about love. And I don't know, the kind of cheesy thing that you might get on a Casio keyboard, that kind of thing. I mean, there are a few that are belters. Like, I absolutely love I've Got My Eye On You, which appears one other time, I think, in the in the series when you get... Um, Adam falling in love with Craig so fair enough but the rest of them they are really really forgettable while the miss the misfits boast in the credits that we are the misfits our songs are better they are they so are I mean okay most of them are basically pizzazz going look at me I'm fantastic I'll crush you which well she is and she does but never mind but um their songs are just so much 
better and catchier and, and I still find myself humming them now when I'm just minding my own business but the, the thing I find really funny is that they were meant to be seen as kind of cheap manufactured pop and every now and then you've got this running gag when you have people reacting to pizzazz singing as if it's the worst noise in the world that like oh god it's so loud and it's like she is amazing she is a goddess I mean okay her personality sucks and she's got serious behavioral problems but my goodness can the woman sing and even the stingers are better musically speaking, which shouldn't really come as a surprise because um, Gordon Grody, who provides the voice of Riot, he later became Lady Gaga's voice coach. So that guy has got some serious pipes on him. So they decide to go up against the misfits. They take the world by storm. And it is basically 60 odd episodes of incredibly 80 shenanigans. And it's just astonishing it's just it's just the whole thing it is anime before i became aware of its existence and i mean it was made by um tui animation the same um, firm that does um dragon ball z so i guess that's only to be expected and it was considered part of the extended hasbro universe because there is a reporter character that appears in this gi joe and even the blooming Transformers, even though that's meant to be set out in space and goodness knows when. So I, I just, I, and the stories are plain bonkers because you would think it would just be a case of them, I don't know, releasing a song, maybe somebody stealing it, maybe somebody doing this, that and the other. But no, some of the shenanigans that they get up to, especially Eric and his efforts to topple the holograms are... <laughs> astounding <laughs> right one point so eric has this creepy weird henchman called tech rat who lives in a little hole and makes inventions and has a strange whiny voice that makes it sound like Gollum. anyway tech rat has made a time machine and rather than think oh i could make some money with this or i could change the world with this Eric Sol, I'm going to use this to send Jetman the holograms back in time. And you're like, you what? Are you high? And it's so funny because he ends up being chased by a dinosaur while the girls go off and meet Mozart. Yeah, that, that's the sort of the thing I'm talking about here. And because um, Amadeus had only recently come out, it's very heavily influenced by that. So you have him doing the whole kind of hyena laugh a la Tom Hulse. And it's just, I, I just love all these just crazy oddball things. Like, um, you've got a princess who is a dead ringer for um, Kimber. And Kimber herself, she doesn't seem able to walk past a bloke without falling in love with him. And you've got some very Scooby-Doo-like antics in a haunted house. I mean, that's trick or tech rat. Um... Oh, and there's a bit about the president or um, apparently only the president knows about um, synergy because only a man of such integrity and high moral character could know such a secret. And you're thinking, oh, God, what if Trump had ever got his hands on that? Jesus, <laughs> we would be looking at World War Three. Well, we're probably already in it if um Putin has his way. But, oh, 
you can tell that this was why it was so beloved at the time and not just by girls because they used to slice slide it in between um transformers and the others boy shows you used to get boys watching it too and to this day a good percentage of the gem fans I talk to online are guys that genuinely enjoy the show. And this is because of the humor and the hijinks and the music videos, which, okay, they might have recycled some of the animation, but apparently there's about 150 original music videos and songs in the show. I mean, that's, that's, fairly impressive isn't it all considered when you think that they could have just done a, a you're real nice and just reuse the same thing over and over again and oh I, I forgot to mention probably the best concept for an episode but also the most disturbing and I'm actually surprised that um, this was never mentioned afterwards and that they didn't do serious jail time for this one point, the misfits, they use a crazed fan called Wentworth, of all things. So that already kind of hints at something ever so slightly illegal and prisonish is going to be happening. So they use him to stage a situation where they surround Jerrica with fake versions of her family and friends in the hope that it will get her to spill the beans on her secret identity. And it is just so unsettling. It's really uncomfortable to watch. Because I rewatched it not too long ago and I can remember thinking this would not be out of place in a Black Mirror episode. I mean, I think that the whole show personally should be brought back rewritten for adults live action and I think it would do really really well I just think it hadn't found its audience then that people just dismissed it because it was a kids show but this whole story is just jaw-droppingly nuts you just think oh god because she, Jem does well Jerrica does come really close to losing her mind and she is never the same afterwards like later when she gets involved with Riot and she genuinely seems to think by this point that Jem is a separate person and it doesn't matter that she's now carrying on with Riot while she, Jerrica, well, and Jem as well, um, are dating Rio. So she and Riot have gone to an island um, claiming that they're fed up with the music industry and they're never coming back, etc. And... <laughs> And you think, yikes, she, she really is taking the secret identity hard. And I just thought this would be a really interesting avenue to explore. I mean, it was dark for a kid's show. And I honestly think you can make it something like Orphan Black. I think it would be fantastic. And it's a pity that they weren't able to go deeper into that. So the things I love about the show are the wacky plots and the complexities and the music because most of them are good I mean some of them okay are insipid and so on but there's always something to look at always something to enjoy always something there are very few episodes that I would go and skip that one it's I mean I guess some of them could count as filler but they do at least pass a fun 23 minutes so it's you can fit three of them in an hour. So just like 
anime in other words oh and my favorite episode before i am um, dig into what i don't like my favorite episode has to be um the band's break up which on the first surface of it does sound like it would be one of the more mundane stories because you don't have any illegal machinations like um clash for example oh yeah clash is the um is the misfits henchwoman because they've got their own hench as well, who would love to be a part of the band but can't sing a note, so they just use her to vandalise and cause trouble instead. And she is a mistress of disguise. Like She's able to go around disguised as Jem and only gives herself away by the fact that she is a horrendous singer and obviously Jem is meant to be the nightingale voice icon of a generation and, and so forth. But... um. So the best, the best episode, to my way of thinking, is the band's breakup. So this is when Kimber and Stormer have had enough of being overlooked by their bandmates because they are both the creative talents of their bands because Kimber, at least, is appreciated by her sisters. I mean, they might kind of, I don't know, talk down to her being the youngest and all that and obviously their little sister, while Stormer just has to deal with all of them, particularly fucking Jetta, who is the third member who comes along later and has no redeeming qualities whatsoever. She's a lying, cheating skank. And the only Brit, which <laughs> aggravates me hugely as a Brit, and she's also voiced by Engelbert Humperdinck's daughter of all the strange things. Anyway, they are so rude and disrespectful to her that she decides to walk. She and Kimber end up in a bar, which I'm convinced by the high volume of women in it and the fact that the limp lizards, who I'm sure that's a euphemism of some sort of playing, I say it looks like a lesbian bar. And this impression is only furthered by them just being called up to the stage to sing a duet together and then they just hit it off from there. They have what looks, to all intents and purposes, like a romance. They end up forming their own band, they end up living together and it is wonderful and you can totally see why when they decided to make um, a comic series of Gem that they made these two canon because there's just so much ho yay or fo yay or whatever you want to call it between the two women in this episode it is palpable like um, at one point their bands turn up to try and get them to come back and point out that the other one's a bad influence on you and you get a really interesting line from pizzazz why you've got roxy and jetta doing oddly sexual dancing in the background but yeah you've got her going you break she'll break your heart in two and you're like hmm are you implying something that we don't know about Stormer? I'm to be honest I personally think there is something very queer about all of the misfits because um when they meet Jetta for the first time um it's via a song called I like your style where if you just listened to it and didn't see the video you would assume it was pizzazz singing to a man and you've got all these things like I like I like your style you are versatile and you're like what and it's 
baby, I like your style and you're like, this sounds so gay. So um, it, it totally looks like um, Kimber and Stormer fall in love have a fling, etc. But of course, this being an 80s kid cartoon, then it, it's just a case of us reading between the lines. But the subtext is definitely there. And unfortunately, it doesn't last. Status quo is restored, but not until they have um, a music video, which is basically them reprising um, the... Oh, what's it called? Getting Down to Business, which in itself is pretty suggestive as a title. But it's been used various times throughout the show. But it's, they're making out that this is a brand new song that these two have released together. And you've got them running around holding hands on a beach in the sunset. You're like, okay. I'm, there's nothing to see here. This looks totally heterosexual, all right. <laughs> so, and... The sad thing was, that would have been a terrific plot. And that's probably why the comics took it up. Because they have that seed of Stormer being their friend. Which is kind of faintly alluded to in later episodes. And certainly towards the end when they finally make a truce. <laughs> at the 65th episode. By which time they sort of sidelined the misfits into non-existence. Bastards. But... That they should have done more with that, and I'm glad that the comic did. So, you've listened to me kind of gushing for 25 minutes about it. What don't I like? Okay, I think this is very much a case of it being of its time. I'll get the something that is questionable and probably dodgy from our perspective out of the way first, but then I will have to go to town on bloody Rio in riot because, oh my God, those two. But they they do, they, they did their best to be diverse for the time. And in the most part, they succeeded. But there's this really cringy bit near the beginning of the series when um, Shayna meets a black guy Anthony and it is basically like they shove him at her like oh you two talk together and you're like what this isn't some cheap ass well I suppose they are pop stars maybe they do think it's a cheap ass music video where you team everybody up according to oh like it's like that awful line in um blooming high school musical something like we're skin tone compatible and you're like what did you just say what I thought you did I mean Anthony and Shayna actually turn out to be the most stable couple on the show. So that's good in, in that regard. But I, I did find that a bit, ugh. But I mean, Aja and Craig, so that's um, Stormer's brother, which causes a bit of unnecessary drama when he introduces Stormer as Mary Phillips and everybody assumes that means they're secretly married, even though they look exactly the same. But anyway, they too are a nice normal happy couple but that's just as well because apart from Kimber being obviously a massive floozy which is possibly a cover for her latent bisexuality but no no I'm not suggesting bi people are floozies I'm suggesting that she's doing it in order to cover the fact that her one true love is Stormer so yeah sorry if that sounded iffy for a moment that's not what I was insinuating at all but then you have the utter train wreck that is Jerrica and Rio. 
I, I can't help wondering, is this why so many 1980s kids have really fucked up relationships and why the divorce rate is so high that we gained our ideas of relationships from GM? Because it is appalling, these two. Like, he... She exclaims that she can't tell him about being GM because he hates deception and liars. And yet he is dating two women at the same time. And I know the argument they always used to make was, oh, it's because it's Jerrica that he loves. And he's so drawn to her personality that he somehow knows that it's her and not GM. Absolute bollocks. No, he doesn't. And later there's another woman who who is also Jericho and he fancies her as well. So, and he's just such a jealous, possessive headcase. Like at one point they're having a row and he kicks over a plant and this has become a meme in itself. So whenever anybody thinks of Rio, they think of him as the plant kicker and that was put in, in the comic as a joke. He's much nicer than that, by the way. He's a reporter rather than their roadie and Jericho's foster brother. I forgot to mention that detail. It's like, what is with this family? Why would you date somebody that was your foster brother? I mean, what the blooming heck? And then she kind of understandably gets annoyed with his hypocrisy. And so she starts dating Riot as Jem because Riot is only interested in Jem. And I don't know. I, uh, Riot is complicated, let's say, because for most of his screen time, he comes across as a narcissistic tool, as do all the stingers, in fact. Like, there's this whole nasty little bit where they're deliberately going around creating hell in um, Starlight Mansion, which is the um, foster home for girls that they run. The, um, the holograms in their time off as civilians rather than pop stars. And it's just a very uncomfortable watch because you're basically seeing three blooming Aryan types, one of whom is actually German, going around pushing minorities into the pool and making them miserable. And you're like, what? But in the second to last episode featuring Riot, we suddenly find that he actually has quite a tragic backstory. In fact, the Stingers do in general. This is when we find out that they earned their success. They weren't billionaire's daughters like Pizzazz or given a magical computer like um, Jerrica. No, they earned it the hard way. They did shows in the street. They slept rough. And besides all that, Riot um, has a loving mum who supported his interests, but a really uptight military dad that despised music and thought that any guy who tried to be a musician was a sissy. And I just think, looking at this as an adult, you're like, this would be so much better if Riot was in fact gay and if he was just using Jem as a cover. And I think that would certainly go some way towards making him more sympathetic rather than just being another guy chasing after her. And this is the only episode where he comes across as an all right guy because um, his mum has a heart attack and he's obviously really anxious and worried about her and doesn't hit on Jem once. So that's when you think, okay, you're not 
as big a douche as you initially appeared. And in fact, you actually find yourself thinking maybe he's a better match for Jerrica than Rio. I mean, to be honest, anybody would, but at least he seems to care about other people and isn't handy with his fists, even if he does have a habit of going around in a loincloth and taking pizzazz to parties and then dumping her for gem, which I think is bloody awful because pizzazz falls madly in love with him poor thing and it's not reciprocated and indeed they just laugh in her face and mess her around and it did seem like the later episodes were just like a marathon of shitting on pizzazz and the more you got to know her the more you understood why she was the way she was because her mum left when she was a kid and her dad alternated between ignoring her and spoiling her, which meant that she just became absolutely desperate for his love and attention. And she, she never got it, which is why she's so eager to be famous and a success. And why, even though she is a, an amazing musician and fairly successful, it doesn't make her happy. And why she's so angry and lashes out all the time. And um, all of this is just misdirected into her feud with the hologram. She's actually angry with herself and with her dad, but she will never admit that. And I thought all of this made her a very realistic, believable, and, yeah, sympathetic villain. You got why she was like that. And we later find out that Roxy is the way she is because she was a street tough who grew up illiterate. And she, we get a whole episode about her um, running away from the ban when she's exposed as illiterate on TV. And um, she wins the lottery. It's just one of those things that happens. And, um, and then everything goes wrong and she has to go back. But you do find out why she's the way she is as well. And the, the only person that out of the ban that ever <laughs> turns out to just be exactly as they seem is Jetta, who is always from start to finish, a total cow. Even though Stormer is the one who basically invited her into the band, she still treats her like trash and she even tries to con pizzazz out of her money at one point. So, no, Jetta is just an utter biatch. But this is where you do find yourself thinking about um Jerrica stroke gem if you were not the protagonist I would not like you because there's one song I can't remember what it's called now it's quite near the end of the show so the animation is infinitely better than it was near the beginning and it's just basically them gloating at the misfits for about however long those songs are, two minutes, and you just think, this is so unpleasant. We've had tons of songs of the Misfits doing this, and you're like, oh, aren't they bad? Aren't they awful? Aren't they despicable people? And yet it's somehow okay for you to do it? And I did wonder about this, because this happened increasingly as the show went on. I don't know whether it was meant to be a sign that she was cracking under the pressure of the two identities, as was suggested by the fan and um, the day the music died, which is the one where she and Riot run off. But I, I just thought, you are not nice. She, she is to this day probably the character I, the main character in a franchise that I like the least which is possibly why they felt they had to rewrite her character in the film I don't know oh, yes the film so the film was made in 2014 because they were looking around at all the Hasbro's franchises and thinking well 
Turtles are doing well. Transformers are doing well. I know. Let's bring back Jem. And to say they screwed it up is an understatement because not only did they completely chuck out the story, so you had Erica Raymond being the um, sinister record producer and Rio being her son for some reason but you had them all being teenage girls and I think they were trying to get down with the kids because they had Jem not having a proper sort of hologrammatic secret identity but just putting a wig on and playing on YouTube which is like what and and the whole storyline is just really by numbers TV movie and you did think well the original fans are going to hate this and the new ones that you're presumably trying to attract would just think, where? There, there are better things out here. But this, this is the bit which I just find absolutely reprehensible. And I still can't believe they did it to this day. So they contacted fans asking them, what do you love about Gem, i.e. the cartoon? So you had all these fans recording themselves going on about how much they loved it, how it was an inspiration, how they still watched it now, they still collected dolls and so on. And then they stuck this in the movie and made out that they were talking about the movie. Like, what the devil I, I I just can't believe that they just had the brass bulled nerve to do that. And uh, I just find that really, really amoral personally. So that bond, unfortunately, and uh, made people not want to touch it with the barge pole, which is a shame. I mean, the comics did fairly well i mean you had the usual suspects getting on and going oh they've changed it so they've made stormer fat and people gay and jetta black i mean for your information jetta was meant to be black um in the cartoon but they vetoed it because in those days they were firmly of the opinion that you could not have a negative non-white character because that would be construed as racist i mean I get what they're saying, but I also don't. And it's a shame for the lasses that prefer the misfits like me because they, they would have loved to have seen a brown girl in there. But she she is some... Um, and that's about the only good thing that I can think of to say about the movie because on one hand, they whitewash Shayna, which is crap because she's a great character. She's nice, she's shy, she's sensitive, she's a fashion designer. So she's got plenty going on. But they, they made, um, I think they made Roxy Asian and Storma Latina. I'm not sure. I only saw it the once and obviously Kesha was pizzazz. And it was about the only bit of the movie that felt like gem. So you got, and it was the end bit. So if you'd walked out of the cinema in disgust, because apparently it only made about $1,000, which is humiliating for any movie... Um, then you would have missed that whole bit. But there you have um, Erica going to them. Oh, ruin it, ruin them, destroy Jim and the holograms. So it was the one bit that felt like it. If only you could have had Charlie Adler in there sneering and being all Simon Cowley rather than, what's her name? Juliet Lewis, whoever it was that played her. And for some reason, Pizzazz is Rio's ex, which... I suppose she was always kind of keen on him because this was something I never understood. All the villainesses in Gem 
have the hots for Rio. I mean, I suppose he's a piece of work, so maybe they realise that. But yeah, Pizzazz likes him. Bloomingham Minx likes him. You just think, what has this guy got? Does he smell amazing? Because he certainly doesn't have a great personality, and I don't think he's any better looking than any of the other guys. So, and obviously, at one point, he punches a guy for kissing Jem in a music video, so he's just... So, I don't get it. So, I... I've talked a lot. This is probably going to be one of my longest episodes. I'm sorry about that. It's just, as you can tell, it is a show that I've loved forever and has been a, a massive part of my development and influencing the shows that I like now as an adult. I mean, even as a kid, when we used to have kind of like um gold microphone shampoo bottles and um gem wigs and um we had um we had a video of one of the dolls and I believe we had some tapes as well. Either way, we, we both had a doll and we both loved the show and I watched it until they stopped repeating it on TV, so it is a big deal. And I can still sing the theme tune now, although they did replace it in the second to third season with a really oh, saccharine, obnoxious um one. I don't know whether they were doing the anime thing if of um having a, a new theme tune for each season, but it's like me and my friends are gem girls, gem girls have our name, and you're like, what? That doesn't even make sense. The gem and the holograms, not gem girls. Just go back to the drawing board, bring in the real one, and the there's an alligator. I, I mean, that that could be an episode that I haven't watched. I I don't know, possibly, but. Uh, so okay as you can get the message i have been talking now for nearly 42 minutes so i think it's time for a wrap but i love gem i wish they would bring it back whether it's a live action show or even just um a reboot a la she-ra or um the the other ones that they've brought back i i seriously think that it has plenty to say to a modern audience that girls and women today would love it and failing that just put the original show back on and people can discover it for themselves and see that it still stands up so until next time love you guys bye thanks for listening if you've enjoyed this podcast don't forget to subscribe and you can also follow us on social media we are at tentacles not on twitter and on facebook our page is called not just tentacles speak to you soon bye